Hello, my many sweet feathers. Dames and Dragons is brought to you today by Audible.com, your source for downloading cool audiobooks such as The Outsider by Stephen King, Calypso by David Sedaris, or 180,000 others. You can get one of those with your free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com dspn. Again, to download your free audiobook today, head over to audibletrial.com dspn. Hey, no, I do have something that I want to talk about. Okay. Talk I never got it. to hear what Noelle's poop sickness was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what did the scan say, Noelle? I can't do this with you guys right now. <laughs> Noelle, we're your friends. If Noelle, you can't talk to us about this, who us we're and really all we're of really our... we're really scared for you, Noelle. Yeah, we're really Listen, concerned. You've been... just just because I tell you I have a poop sickness when you walk into my house, it doesn't mean I want to elaborate on that. <laughs> Noelle. You've been really dodgy lately. <laughs> Noelle. People are starting to notice. <laughs> no, I don't want to say anything, but I think some of the people who listen can tell. That I have a poop sickness? <laughs> Something's wrong. They know. <laughs> we just want to help you. Well, let's play some D&D, you guys. Let's do it. Corbin, you guys just destroyed some ships. First one, you killed everybody on board. And the second one, you just opened up a trench in the ocean and sunk it. Um, Boy. Which I didn't know you could do. <laughs> you know now. Uh, when you were just about ready to start killing on the third ship, uh Armada of Madrian ships came out of the of the fog and rammed that ship and you met Captain Loria uh, and she sort of recruited you into helping her get the rest of the pirates out of the city. And Fran and Corbin, you see this this it looks like a half orc standing on shore. And that is where you are right now. So yeah, I, I I'm gonna like I guess I'm gonna like run a hand through my hair and like uh I'm gonna make sure I'm I'm uh, looking cool and like alert and stuff. Uh, maybe I'm gonna like hold up my bow so it looks like I'm like cool and like <laughs> and like you know like prepared for anything. You're just like posing on the beach. Like, I mean, like, yeah, power what else, posing. What else would I do? I don't know. I mean, yeah. Uh, and and Darius skitters around your your pauldron and and it runs down your arm down to the the beach and. Looks up at you, gives a little chirp, chirp of approval, and then runs back up onto you. Oh, thank God. <laughs> All right. Uh, and you see this longboat coming to shore. And uh, Loria uh. takes her sword out and she goes, careful. And she stands up on her boat and points her sword at you, Slake, and sa- yells, state your intentions. Uh, hi. Um, I'm, I'm Slake. Nice to meet you. Uh, I was just helping out some people in the city. Uh, and, you know, just be, be a ch- Are you the goddess? Uh, uh. 
looks quite taken aback at that statement and looks around and then says, No, no, I'm I'm Captain Loria of the ruler of Madria's personal guard. State your intentions. Oh, um, uh, I'm just here to meet up with some people. I'm standing, like, in front of Mary. I'm sure she, like... Yeah, Mary yeah, has... She's pulled the hood of her cloak up, mm-hmm. and uh, her cloak is... She is so... She's soaked, because she's been <laughs> in the water and, like, yeah. just bedraggled looking, and she pulls the hood of her cloak up real tight around her face and slinks back toward the back of the boat as much as she can. Well, there's nobody by that name here, so... Yeah, who would name their kid people? That's dumb. Oh my god, there's a huge bug on you! <laughs> What? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's Darius. Uh, and I'm sorry, that was so stupid. It's so nice to meet you, my goddess. And I'm looking at Fran. <laughs> Fran uh, steps out of the boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> I say. Uh, Corbin, Corbin also rushes out of the boat and pushes Fran aside and says, I'm sorry to deceive you like this, Slake. <laughs> I'm the goddess. Oh my god, uh, this is so confusing. I'm sorry. I, I Thank you for Corbin. this. Thank you for this offering. I punch Corbin. Corbin I punch. reaches for her terrier. Oh my god. Well, I okay. <laughs> I like. I like back the fuck up. Like I move away from you, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, what? Whoa! <laughs> you didn't bring him as an offering for me. It's off. No, no, no. Okay, Darius is. He's my friend. I I don't even know what you you're getting at there. I mean, if you want to meet him, bugs are for eating, not for making friends with, buddy. You are not the goddess. <laughs> and I turn back to Fran, and I'm like, look, I, I don't know who this guy is, but um, I'm here to serve you. I I make like a harmless shower spark spread from my fingertips, and I say, ah, my my child. What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mary steps off of the boat and she comes around from Fran and she's still got her hood pulled up and she signs to you. And you find it very weird, Slake, because you don't know any sign language, but you do understand perfectly what she's saying. Uh, and she signs to you, who sent you to serve me? Uh, um, well, uh, uh Vioni, uh, well, Yoan and Vioni, I mean, Yoan the insect, uh, that is... That little bug sent you here? Uh, n- different <laughs> insect. There's an, There's more? <laughs> Mary looks over her shoulder at the soldiers who are all getting out of the boat, and Loria, who looks very, very suspicious of what's happening here. Aren't we all? <laughs> and uh, she, she keeps her hands close to her body as she signs to you, so just you and Fran and Corbin can see. Let's not speak of this more here. Uh, yeah, of, of course, sure. Loria looks up at the city and she, she takes a deep breath and says, Well, it's time to get to work. So, uh, the four of you are led by Captain Loria up through the city. Slake, uh, you watch as this woman cuts through these all these blockades that you avoided. Your previous thoughts about uh, humans being weak... It might need to be re-examined. There really isn't much for you, any of you or her retinue of soldiers to do, but clean up after her as she just cuts through pirate after pirate. She just is like fluid death between their ranks. However, she keeps looking behind her shoulder just to make sure that you guys are keeping up. Your 
group is joined by the soldiers of the city guard. Loria directs them to various tasks with ease and confidence, her booming voice cutting through the clamor and panic of the city. Why don't each of you go around and tell me one super cool thing you do during this uh, cleanup of pirates? Yeah, I I definitely am like freezing people's feet, making it so they can't move. Like nice. dumb idiots and poison spraying them to death. Oh, Jesus. Very cool. I think I am summoning animals in places where animals should not be summoned. <laughs> Very good. And inadvertently killing people by doing that. <laughs> okay, awesome. Slake. I'm just non-lethally swinging my mace around. Or maybe it's lethally. I, I think I haven't quite figured out how hard you can hit a human mm. because I, I haven't done a lot of, before today, haven't done a lot of human fighting. Mm. I think when a snake crawls out of someone's mouth and they fall to the ground choking, you figure out that they're dying. <laughs> well, that's fun. Well, <laughs> Mary spends the time following after Loria and, and trying to help out civilians and finding people who are injured and, and offering them some healing. And it doesn't take you guys long before you are up at a pair at the pair of elaborate doors set into lattice stone that Slake you passed by earlier. Loria sends one of the soldiers who is holding the perimeter there to have the alarm bells quieted and begins organizing the rest of the patrols to catch any remaining pirates who may have gone to ground within the city. After about 10 minutes, the bells fall silent and the massive doors open. A young woman in silver armor rushes forward, dropping her sword as she does. She throws herself into Loria's arms and then pulls back quickly, seeing the crowds of guards and strangers around. Uh, she's tall with broad shoulders and sharp angular features. Her long auburn hair is braided into two plaits down her back and atop her head is a golden circlet. Apologies. I'm glad to see that you're safe, Captain Loria. And Loria bows slightly. And you, my queen... They did not breach the palace? No. You arrived just in time. I'm afraid my grand entrance is a little less heroic than you may be imagining. These four seem to have done most of my work for me. And Loria motions to you guys as she says this. Uh, and the queen looks over at you four as if she's noticing you for the first time. Uh, and then smiles and inclines her head to you, stepping away from Loria. She says, Ah, King Rosphia sent a hawk to let us know you'd be traveling to our fair city. I apologize for the circumstances surrounding your arrival, but I'm glad to see you're truly as heroic as he made you out to be in his letter. You are, of course, invited to stay in my court for as long as you require. Uh, Mary bows low, and then she steps on Fran's foot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and punches I, and gives Corbin I, an elbow in the ribs. I bow. But I'm also like, the three of us, is I think, is what you mean. <laughs> Corbin just, like, is shocked at the physical abuse he's just received from Mary. So he doubles over and, like, coughs. <laughs> well, you're bowing. So she's, she, uh, she's happy. She's happy. <laughs> I imitate what everyone else is doing. <laughs> so the queen sort of looks at you, Fran, at your comment, and then looks at the four of you and says, I know it. Uh, uh, well, anyway, for the moment, you must excuse me. I must see to the city. And then she turns to Lori and says, Summon a guard to escort me through the town. I would like to see the damage. My lady, it's not safe. There may yet be pirates hiding in our walls. And the queen smiles and nods to her and says, 
That is why you and the escort will be there with me. If they throw themselves out of the shadows, all the better. I should like to be present to assure my people we will not be cowed by these brigands. And then she and Loria exchange a few words in voices that are too low for you to hear. And Loria summons a guard to her side and she exchanges more words that are too low for you to hear. Can we have like a whispered conversation while they're all whispering? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Whisper. Whisper away. Um, I, look, I don't want to be rude, but like, I, I think you can go. I say this like, <laughs> oh, uh, uh, I mean, I, I'm good. I, I, um, I figured, you know, this is great. This is like a little, uh, orientation kind of thing. I'm, I'm digging it. I mean, no. This- yeah, we kind of have this covered. So I don't know if you saw, but I like sunk a whole ship with one spell back there. So like. Yeah, I was also there and helped. Yeah. Fran was there. <laughs> she watched. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mary holds up a hand and waves at the two of you and, and turns to you, Slyke, and says, I should like to hear what you have to say, she signs. But let's be judicious for the moment about accommodations. <laughs> and then she looks at uh, Fran and Corbin and gives you guys a big grin and then puts a hand up so that Slate can't see her face and mouths like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> and um, Fran and Corbin, I would assume, just unsubtly start laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Slate. And we're like, oh, Mary. <laughs> oh, classic Mary. <laughs> uh, yeah, classic Mary, am I right? <laughs> uh, that is such a Mary thing to say. Yeah. Whatever. You don't, know, you don't know her. Don't say her name. Yeah. That's the <laughs> goddess to you. Uh, Mary signs, no, Mary's fine. <laughs> and then the guard, a uh, middle-aged gnomish woman, comes over to the four of you and she says, please, come with me. And uh, Mary just sort of, she, she gives a sign that, like, we'll continue this in a minute. So she leads you through a short tunnel, which is tiled in an intricate mosaic of golden fish leaping out of a sapphire blue sea. The tunnel opens up into an enormous cavern, inside which is carved several resplendent buildings. The first thing that draws your eye is the eastern wall of the cavern, which has been carved into a very fine lattice, which lets in daylight and the sounds of the ocean. In front of you is a magnificent palace, which soars to the top of this cavern. The stone walls have been whitewashed and are kept so clean they seem to sparkle in the light from the lattice wall. The roof is tiled in silver and bronze and the windows are trimmed with blue tile. Surrounding it are verdant gardens centered around beautiful fountains and topiary sculptures. The gardens stretch out to the edge of the cavern uh, and vines creep up the bottom of the lattice. To your right is another building, just as fine although not as grand, and the magnificent front doors are covered in a bright red varnish. Inlaid into this in silver is a symbol which Fran and Corbin will recognize. There's two birds with their wings spread in opposite directions and an arcane symbol in the middle. It is the same symbol worn by Shaw and the Madrian scholars that you met in Danmar. Corbin, you have a moment of intense deja vu. Like this is something you've seen in a dream but you can't place. Oh! I say that out loud. Corbin! Not now. It's druid stuff. Shut up. <laughs> you guys, I think I've seen this this place before. You seen? What do you mean? Like in a like in a like in a dream. Uh, um, I've been having these weird thoughts lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if any of that's for real or not. Um, <laughs> Kat, do I see anything that I've seen in a dream? <laughs> uh, you feel like you've seen this in a dream, but also in that dream, 
Uh, you were wearing a big, like, clown suit and <laughs> eating, like, grapes off of a man's thumbs. So it could have just been a dream. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, like, look down at myself and I, of course, don't share about my intimate dream. <laughs> that's, uh, that's funny you mentioned it. You know, I, I had a weird kind of thing like that the other day. I was, uh, you know, hanging out, having a fire, uh... And uh thought uh, I saw a Mothman, actually. Okay. Uh, anyway, are we going to go? That's ridiculous. <laughs> Wait, actually, Kat, would I... Because I saw the vision of Slake. Would I, yeah. would I recognize them? You uh, you might, actually, yeah. Okay, well, I still say what I say, but I'm ruminating on that. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, so after a few minutes, you are led past the university and to the doors of the palace. Two servants open up double doors and usher you into a grand foyer. A gnome in a fine black suit with a crimson vest appears from one of the hallways, and uh, he nods to the guard. The guard then turns and heads out the front doors of the palace, and the gnome bows low to you. He says, welcome, honored guests. I am Dodson Goodson. <laughs> Take a minute, laugh at the name. It's a funny name. It was a funny name, and I named it funny on purpose. <laughs> Where's your brother, Bodson Badson? <laughs> <laughs> the Badsons and the Goodsons have a long-standing feud in Banfell. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, you're from uh, you're from Banfell. Cool. I've been there. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Did you meet my? You've probably met one of my cousins. Ainsley Badson is a <laughs> fixture of that town. Uh, uh, never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the better for you, I suppose. In any case, the Honorable Queen Consort has assigned me to be your valet during your stay with us. Please come this way. Dodson then shows you down some long hallways and up a sweeping grand staircase. And he asks, do you have any luggage which needs attending? I look at Slake. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Damn. You do have a horse that needs attending, Slake. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I-, I do have a, a-, a horse. I... Uh, left her outside the city because you know a lot of a lot of stuff going down. But uh, we will see to it immediately. I will have the stable master find her. Yeah, I, I tell them where where I left Ainsley. Um, <laughs> Corbin looks at Fran and Mary and says, "Didn't we have horses once?" Oh my god! Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, those horses are long dead. They're <laughs> just gone. So, uh, you guys, uh, what do you think about horses? I think, uh... Mary says, we are not responsible enough to own horses. <laughs> Corbin says, I'm the most beautiful horse that I've ever met, so... And does not elaborate. <laughs> but cool. Mary, Mary and Fran are both just nodding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's, like, that's, 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 that's true. That's, true. <laughs> that's very true. Uh, all right. So Dodson leads you up to the third floor and to a lovely doorway, which he knocks on once and then opens into a mid-sized but very nicely arranged foyer. Uh, the floor is tiled in green and white mosaic of birds and plants, and the walls are all a beautiful, pristine white decorated by intricate tapestries. There's a small table in here with a neat stack of letters just to the right of the doorway. Through that foyer, there are two doorways, each leading to a parlor. Both are decorated in rich furnishings and have windows looking out over the garden and the lattice cave wall. From up here, you have a splendid view of the ocean and the horizon beyond. 
And Dodson says, As we did not know the exact date of your arrival, you must accept our apologies for the barren state of your rooms. Servants have been sent for fresh bedding, and I suggest you wait for them before you uh, retire. Due to today's events, all court activities have been postponed. Please feel free to amuse yourselves by walking the palace gardens, perusing the library of memoirs, or other such activities. If you have need of it, the palace sanctuary has a full pantheon of altars for worship. Uh, there is a green bell here in the foyer, which you may ring to summon me whenever you require anything. Should you wish to summon a page to send a response to any of your many invitations, please use the silver bell. And then he bows and uh, backs out of the room, leaving the four of you alone. So you said there was a pile of letters? Yeah, on the table in the foyer. And what are those about? I'm going to look at those. You want to look at them? Yeah. Uh, they are all invitations for functions at court. Uh, there is one, an invitation to dinner with Queen Tenevine, and that is for tomorrow evening. Uh there is an invitation. Princess Renetta Oleus uh, invites you to a picnic lunch tomorrow. Uh? The Marchioness of Cabibon invites you to an intimate gathering of the evening after tomorrow. And the Viscount Satun Nguinian invites you to boat races in two days' time. Holy shit. Boat races. Are these addressed? They're basically, they're all addressed to the heroes of Danmar. Mm. So as you guys... Uh, Come into the room and Fran looks at all your invitations. Mary goes into one of the parlors. And it seems like, for Fran and Corbin, it seems like you've just had this flashback in time. And Mary is suddenly like, she is back in statesman mode. Like she is, all, all this time you've spent with teenage girl Mary is just suddenly erased. And she is now serene goddess Mary that you knew from Estra. Slake, she gives a sweeping motion to you to have you sit in one of the parlors. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> and she signs to you, why don't you tell us your story from the beginning? Oh, well, uh, basically, uh, I'm kind of like, um, you know, like a, an elite warrior type. Uh, I have this mentor who, uh, you know, trained me from basically infancy to be like a fighting machine. I'm kind of like a, a loner, rebel type, you know. Uh, a lot of people back home uh, you, you want to be friends with me, but uh, I just tell them, uh, "Listen, I, I'm I'm a loner, a rebel. <laughs> you wouldn't want to get mixed up with an orc like me." Wow, but that is so good to know because that really lines up with my priorities. Yeah, I mean that's great because we didn't were on our own too. So like, Mary makes a motion to silence. <laughs> But uh, funny thing is, I was just chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool. When uh, Yoan, he's a you know god, giant beetle, and uh, he and uh, my good pal Vioni were like, uh, "There's these uh, these people that really need your help." And I was like, "Well, you know, I got a lot of stuff to do. I've got art to make. You know, I've got a a, a beetle to care for." But uh, what the hell? I can help. <laughs> I, th I thought maybe you guys might already know. I, I don't know if you. Talk to anybody or, or anything about that. Uh, <laughs> Who would we have talked to? Oh, well, you know, uh, I mean, uh, like, Vioni? No, we don't talk to her. Yeah, Vioni's... She, like, doesn't come around. Yeah, she's, like, a absent parent. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's cool that she talked to you, though. Like, that's really cool. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Mary signs, Vioni sent you to us. Did she tell you why? 
Oh, well, uh, I mean, she said things were pretty rough with uh, Torva, and uh, Vioni kind of was saying she thought I could uh, I could help you guys. And, you know, I mean, I uh, I don't mean to brag or anything, but, uh, I mean, you didn't see me, but uh, I did uh, take out quite a, quite a few guys with my picks. Give them a good bonk. <laughs> Boy, are they going to be mad when they wake up. Did you say picks? Uh, did you say bonks? Mary looks back at Fran and Corbin, and then looks at you, like, then looks at Fran and Corbin. Fran makes a face. (laughs) Last time we saw Vioni, Mary signs, we did not part on good terms with her. Yeah, she basically ditched us in our time of need, so. Uh, uh, Oh, um, I, uh, are you sure? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure. sure. (laughs) Oh, it just, I don't know, she seemed... She seemed really uh solid. Well, uh, I mean, she did say she uh she owed you guys like a a, a boon, uh, something like uh, I'm her uh gift to you. Okay, <laughs> Mary. Hey, sorry, you guys. I'm about to clarify some shit. And Corbin wants to cast divination. Okay. Oh. Uh, what are you going to try and div- divinate? Well, so basically, you need to. There, I think you'll need some supplies for this. Corbin so you can just like go rummaging. Corbin the rooms. runs into a bathroom, just the nearest bathroom. He goes into a couple different doors before he actually finds a bathroom. Fran and Slake and Mary are just like <laughs> just watching. <laughs> when when like, you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> Corbin uses a toilet bowl for divination. Yeah, that's so true. I say. <laughs> I am doing that though. Um, so okay, there's there is in the bathroom there's like a basin with water for washing yourself. Oh, okay, okay, so. okay. So I go in there, I pick it up and I slosh it back out into the yeah. um parlor. I I turn to Slake and I say, Can I have your beetle? Uh what why? I need him as a sacrificial ritual. Uh hey, whoa, um No. Whatever. I'll find something else. Darius is a free agent. <laughs> uh, Corbin rummages through his pockets. He finds some dirt and sticks and some leaves, and he throws that in the water. He grabs the bag of holding from Fran, just like sneakily, and uh, reaches you can in just, there. You can just take it. I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, pulls out the first thing he finds, which is... Uh, Fran's toothbrush. (laughs) (laughs) The face that you just made, Novell. The absolute crumpling. (laughs) Fran's toothbrush. Throws it in there um, and says, Mary, could I have like just a little bit of your hair? What the fuck is going on? Just a teeny bit. Uh, Mary rummages into, like she looks through her pockets and stuff and eventually she pulls out one of her crow feather earrings she's like why don't you use this fine i've got some moss if you want it no (laughs) this is enough and then he um puts the bowl down on the coffee table Mm -hmm. and like swirls it around with his finger and looks into it and he yells vioni so are you trying to divine on vioni i want to talk to vioni yeah okay so the Water in the bowl turns black and soupy and then tar-like and bubbling. Speak. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Vioni, why did you send this person to us? 
because we're fine on our own and we're good and we don't need anybody. The liquid in the cistern bubbles and roils and twirls for a second and then those who long sleep will soon stir if the web woven is not untangled. Keep true to your aim and use my arrow well. Vioni, that didn't answer shit! Uh, the, the water in the the liquid in the cistern swirls and swirls and the black fluid evaporates quickly and all that is left in the bowl is some dirt and some grass and Fran's toothbrush and Mary's earring. <laughs> Throw that away, Corbin. All right, and he dumps it on the floor. <laughs> dumps out <laughs> Fran's. Mary picks up her earring and puts it back in her pocket. Mary looks over at you, Slake, and then signs, did that make sense to you? Uh... Yeah, of course it did. It didn't make sense to you guys. Can you explain it to us? Are you some kind of genius? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I don't know if I'd say genius. Tell us what it means. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, that's just classic Vioni right there. I think we can all agree. Uh, I think Uh, what she's saying is you guys should, uh, trust your new bud to uh, help you get stuff figured out. It's pretty obvious. What about that stuff about waking up? Yeah, what about the web? Uh, you know, it's, um, it's a metaphor. For what? A metaphor what? Uh, life. <laughs> you don't know shit. Hey, I know. excuse me. Honestly, it makes a lot of sense. What? Yeah, she gets it. You, you don't ever feel that way? I don't feel anything. Well, that makes sense, too. We're getting along so great. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> Mary looks at you, like, and then she looks back at Fran and Corbin, and then she signs, team meeting, team meeting, team meeting. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she ushers uh, Fran and Corbin into the other parlor. Fran is very touched. Yeah, Corbin's kind of excited, but he's trying to play it cool. We huddle up. We huddle yeah. up. We huddle. And she signs, what do you think? I, I sigh, and I say, to be honest, I think, at least about the second part, they're probably right. Vioni, at least, thinks we need help. Yeah, that makes sense. Mary nods and signs. I expect she has a wider view of things happening in this world. Wider than we have, at least. She sort of cranes her head out of the one parlor to look into the other at Slake, and then looks back. Goes back to you guys. What is Slake doing? Yeah. Yeah, what is Slake doing? Slake is making a little moss bed for Darius. <laughs> and then I'm in. pulling moss out of my pockets to like That's do incredible. this. <laughs> Mary comes back into the parlor and she signs. I mean, they seem harmless. I think that's kind of the problem. Yeah, I would I, I would say that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> she shrugs and signs. Well, I suppose. If they get themselves killed, that's one way to end the problem. <laughs> Holy Mary. shit, Mary! <laughs> <laughs> Mary. She, she oh signs, my god! Signs very quickly. Don't tell them I said that. Don't tell them I said that. I assume you hear us like screaming. <laughs> um, I will not because it's the coldest thing I've ever. Yeah, heard. that was just wow. I mean, she signs quickly as she signs. I mean, I hope that they don't and everything is fine and that they're a great asset to our team. I'm just thinking 
pragmatically. So you think we should give them a chance and wait for them to die? <laughs> I think we should give them a chance and hope that they are good enough not to die. As the team leader, I say. Carmen, <laughs> <laughs> are you all right? I'm fine. You sound like you're. What do you have to say? Would you saying something, team leader? <laughs> I think I'm okay with giving them a chance, but I frankly don't trust them. Magic can be manipulated, and just because we think they came from Vioni doesn't mean they did. Yeah. I put my hand in the middle. Corbin puts his hand in the middle. Oh, yes. Mary puts her hand on top of your guys' hands. Okay. One, two, three. Team leader! I'm sorry, this is so late, but sometimes life really just comes at you fast. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for your patience. The next episode should be coming out on schedule, so we're going to have two in a quick row here. Uh, first up, I would like to thank our sponsor, you guessed it, Cobalt Press. Uh, today, let's get into the Warlock Bestiary from the Warlock Patreon. Once again, the Warlock Patreon brings you all new D&D 5e Midgard setting content. Freshen up that campaign. This new volume of A Dozen Monsters, The Warlock Bestiary, featuring incredible black and white artwork by Russ Nicholson, is available to all patrons who pledge $3 or more. And that's only one of a ton of other things that you get at $3 or more on the Warlock Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash cobaltpress to become a patron to get access to the Warlock Bestiary Old School Monsters for 5th Edition. Also want to thank our lovely iTunes reviewers, Celestial Cafe, Poncho, Stupid App, No Way Jose, a lot of hate for the iTunes app, and Zamer 100. We're actually getting really close to 300 ratings, so like, let's keep it rolling, guys. That's very cool. I also want to thank our beautiful, beautiful Patreon subscribers today. April, Sarah, Alice, Eloise, Fraxy, Patrick, Matt, Anne, John, Henry, Mark, Mara, and Ariel, you guys are keeping us afloat. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, over on Patreon, Caitlin just posted the first part of a new series of bonus episodes, which as of yet don't really have a name, but the name may be Dames and Dungeons, as it's more dungeon-based. Uh, it's a series where we three players play, obviously, Catastil DMing, and we three players play new characters in the world of Avalos, who are actually from Avalos, which is a really fun and interesting change Uh the characters are hilarious, and I really think their dynamic is great. So for, again, $3 and over Patreon subscribers, you guys can um, experience that. The first part is up. Caitlin's working on the second part. I think it's going to almost be like its own little podcast, although it probably won't be coming out as often as actual Dames and Dragons. Uh, also, Dashing Dawson will be there. If that sweetens the pot for you sickos. <laughs> Last of all, Chantel, our code word today is late as hell. And uh, that's that's really all I have to say about that. Sleep Agent is active for the first time in too long. 
let's go. We've reached a decision, Slake. You are on probation. And if you die, you die. Yeah. Uh, That's funny. That's kind of the understanding that I I had of that before this conversation. But uh, (laughs) good to know. We're not going to attack you and make you leave. Yeah. But if you die. You die. You die. Mary signs. But we hope you don't die. (laughs) I wink at Mary. <laughs> Mary elbows you. People die when they are killed. <laughs> I nod and like clench my fist in like determination. <laughs> That's really true. But I mean, uh, you guys, you guys don't need to worry about me. Like, uh, I, I've got my stuff together. It's not going to be an issue. I look down at Darius in his bed of moss, and I say, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> Corbin also looks down and licks his lips and says, make sure you don't have any liabilities. (laughs) Mary shoots you a look, Corbin. (laughs) I, like, gulp audibly. (laughs) Like, who is this fucked up psychopath? So just toward the end of your conversation, there is a knock on the door. And then Dodson comes in bearing a white tray with a small card on it. And he pauses for a minute and looks around the room and then presents it to Fran. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Team winner. laughs> uh, and the, the card says, Captain Loria Dalles. It's I say, Dotson Goodson, what is this? It, it is a calling card, ma'am. The Captain Loria should like to speak with you. She is waiting outside. So you're going to... Is that what the card says? Do I need to read this? It is just announcing her presence. It is your decision of whether you would like me to admit her to your room. Couldn't you have just come in and said she's out there? (laughs) Couldn't she have just come in? This is like a huge waste of paper. It is court custom. Okay. All right. (laughs) Anyway, she can come in, yeah. (laughs) He nods. And then uh, as he's walking away, you see him take out a little notepad from his breast pocket of his suit and begin making furious notes. <laughs> what? Um, and uh, then he opens the door for Loria and she comes in. She is a little bit dressed down, but she is still in armor. Uh, her long, dark hair is piled into fresh braids on top of her head. And she gives you guys a little bow as she comes in. Uh, welcome to court. I should hope that you are settled in well. We got your card. Yeah. <laughs> she laughs a little. It's a bit of a silly custom, isn't it? She then nods to Dodson, who nods to her, and then it looks like he just sort of disappears behind a tapestry, but uh, a close observation will show there is a hidden door behind that tapestry. Uh, so Loria is standing in your parlor, and she looks around, and then, may I have a seat? Oh, yeah. Do whatever you want, man. <laughs> I mean, ma'am. Mary straightens up and she kind of snaps back into that statesman mode and she gestures to Lori and says, please, have a seat. And then she gestures to the three of you to also have seats. Corbin sits on the ground. I like stumble 
stupidly trying to find an appropriate place to sit down. I sit down right next to her. <laughs> I'm comfortably close. Next to Loria? Yeah. Okay. Where's Mary sit? Uh, Mary sits across from Loria. Like a normal person? Like a normal person, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Loria smiles as she looks around at you. She says, you will, well, you will certainly be a breath of fresh air in the court. I can say that much from here. <clears throat> I noticed the stack of invitations on your table. It, the vultures have already descended upon you, I see. Well, what do you mean by that? They have vultures here? <laughs> uh, I mean to say the uh, members of the court have been anticipating your arrival since King Rosphias sent his message. I suppose they have been sending invitations to every court event in hopes that you will receive them in time for your attendance. You can go to as many or as few as you wish. Your presence is only required when the queen requests it. We actually have an uh, uh, invitation from the queen. Good. Very good. I will be glad to see you there then. I, like, waggle my eyebrows at her. Yeah. And I'm like, huh? Corbin winks. What's that? Huh? Corbin also leans an elbow on the coffee table that he's sitting next to. Am I sensing a vibe? Winks again. (laughs) No, no. I I am the queen's personal guard. I will be in attendance as her protector. How personal? Personal. (laughs) I hope you attend to her. (laughs) <laughs> I'm utterly uh, like lost. I have no idea. What this is about. <laughs> uh, Loria looks down for a moment, and you can see that there's a blush rising from the back yeah. of her neck. And she clears her throat and says, "I, the queen, is recently married to the queen consort, uh, Queen Lilia. So they are. Oh, that sucks." <laughs> Sorry about what I said. Uh, it is of no consequence. I am her protector, and I shall always be loyal to her. Okay. Yikes. I have not come to you, though, to spread court gossip. Uh, Thanks or- for changing the subject. <laughs> That's a good call. <laughs> gladly, gladly. I-, I come to you because I'm afraid that... We have need of your services in more of a heroic capacity. The attack today, I do not believe it was random. In fact, I have great evidence to show that it was not. Pirates have been harrying our shores for months now, but this is the first time they've been so bold as to attack the city. And the first thing they did was target our fleet, which was docked, and... Well, only a few people knew that our fleet would be there. So, what is the state of the navy now is it are we just sitting ducks we have a few ships still there was the fleet who was out with me hunting pirates and another small fleet who were doing patrols but unfortunately the bulk of our ships were in the harbor at the time of the attack so you could probably take fran's boat you cannot take my boat (laughs) that is my boat you can borrow it but you have to bring it back in one piece Loria. It's not in one piece now. Shut up, Corbin. Loria clasps her hands and says, Thank you for the generous offer, and I will accept it. We need every ship we can at this point. Additionally, our engineers would like to take a look at the apparatus which was on board and see if we can turn this to our advantage. I think that's a good idea. My other question is, where did you keep the survivors of the pirates? Is there anyone we can talk to for leads? They will be in the 
dungeons. At the present moment, I am afraid I cannot tell you exactly where, but once they have been questioned by our interrogators, I will let you know. Have you seen them use those kinds of cannons before? The apparatuses? I have not, and I have been out hunting their kind for, well, since they began their attacks. This is the first time they've had such advanced weaponry, and I fear, I fear that there is someone at court who is financing their operations. Uh, you happen to have any Torva worshippers in your court? <laughs> well, of course we do. Many of our courtiers have fine military histories and keep shrines to Torva. Well, there's your problem. That's ugly. Uh, we have reason to believe that Torva's setting up a foothold in this city. That would make sense, considering what we heard of what happened in Danmar. I should like your help, ferreting out whoever it is who is supporting Torva through these brigands. People do not, they do not speak openly around the personal guard of the queen. But you are newcomers to this court, and everyone should like to speak with you. That's new. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be no problem, ma'am. We've pretty much got heroics covered here, so uh, I'm sure it'll be pretty, uh... Pretty, pretty simple for us to figure this out. I'm, like, looking at them like you're an intern. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I, I look at Slake and I say, you need to take that confidence from, like, a 60 down to about a 5. <laughs> 65. Got it. Wrong. <laughs> Mary jumps in just to sign. Do you have any likely suspects? Well, Loria says, I must warn you, before I begin speaking, you must be very careful in your dealings with the court. Should the actor in the court know that you're on to them, they could make things very difficult for you and for the queen and for the kingdom. Please. How can they make things difficult for the queen? She's the queen. Her place here is very tenuous. She is only recently crowned and... Well, many thought that her aunt would be a better choice. They it choose the queen? Well, it is very complicated, like I said. Her aunt... Her aunt has the claim in that she is the sister of our late king. She has more experience and a better knowledge of court workings. Additionally, she has less... A less... Never mind, I should not speak of it. What you're saying is she's one of the suspects. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, yes. What's princess, her name? Princess Magdalena. The other princess, the queen's sister, Renetta, I believe to be a stronger suspect. She is engaged to be married to the Prince of Danmar. Oh, that's my boyfriend. She better step off. <laughs> you, you're, you, you sound like a suspect, and I write down court. <laughs> 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 what was the princess's name? Prin Renetta. Princess Renetta. I believe, mind you, I have little evidence of this, but her marriage to Prince Azam is, would be very fortuitous for them to join our kingdoms and use Danmar's military might to strong-arm concessions out of Madria. If she is able to make us look weak, then that is all the better for her aims. It is my belief that these pirate attacks might be linked to that. However, there are other actors... The Queen Consort's father, Count Agsprat Greenspire. Oh, I'm sorry, what? His name is, huh? Egg Salad Green Vampire. Lettuce Leaf Egg Boy. 
it is Kalen a very clan. Can I get that name again? Yeah, can you say that one more time? <laughs> Count Eggsprat Greenspire. <laughs> it is a very Eggsplat Greenspire. Egg, egg salad. Eggplant, trash fire. Oh, I went, I went hog wild with these fantasy so names. Really good. They're so good. Cat. Count Agsprat Greenspire. Yes, it is a very traditionally gnomish name. That is the queen consort's father, and he's the lord of the little fiefdom, which encompasses Banfeld to the north. I don't understand anything you're saying. The queen consort is the girl that's trying to marry your girlfriend, right? She is married to the queen, yes. Oh, shit, okay. Anna, what's her name? Sorry. (laughs) Queen consort Lilia. Is she a suspect? Well, everyone's a suspect. If you want her to be a suspect, Corbin winks. (gasps) I would not go so far as to say she is a suspect, but her father has long wished for the little fiefdom to be annexed from Madrian kingdoms. Yeah, so Lilia is, her full name is Lilia Greenspire. Oleus. She has a similar name to Loria. The queen's got a type of name. (laughs) name. (laughs) And then the last, well, one of the last, it could be many more that I have not yet gathered information on, but the Marchioness of Cababon, Sylvia Gilda. She is the former lady of the Western Kingdoms, but unfortunately her city was overrun by a force of pillagers and monsters, and she and her family barely escaped in time. The former king ignored her pleas for troops to properly defend the city, and I'm afraid she has quite a grudge against the royal family. If you're looking for likely Torva worshippers, the Marchioness is quite devout. You may also wish to keep an eye on the ambassadors from Ilfra. I will admit that I do not know their full names. You must understand, elven names are very long, and I am not a quick study of these things. They got nicknames? Ambassador Almenia and Lord Maldrix. I do not know what their intentions are here at court, but they arrived a short time ago. And nobody knows why they're here? Not as of yet. There was meant to be a meeting of state heads this afternoon, but with the events of today, I'm afraid it has been postponed. Steak tag as I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Where's where's Prince Azam? I do not know where he is presently. Uh, do you mean in the political sense? Yeah. Yeah. I'm afraid I do not know much of his motivations, other than that he is quite excited to marry our princess. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You guys have a lot in common, I say. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should chat sometime. I will admit, and you must excuse me, this is not proper to say, but I am glad that you are here. I I have trained in a warrior's lifestyle, and I find that I'm not particularly good at any of this politicking. Not like us. <laughs> yeah, we're really good at th- this. is kind of like our specialty. You leave it to us, ma'am. I like am taking what you guys are saying at face value. <laughs> our intern agrees. Yeah. Mary uh, smiles at Loria. We, we'll do our best. You can count on us. You can count on us to do our best. <laughs> That's really true, Mary. <laughs> Loria nods and stands up. Very good. Very good. I I will excuse myself then. I'm sure you have a lot of settling in to do. 
And she starts to leave and then pauses as she sees the stack of notes by the door and looks back and says, Do you have proper attire for the court? <laughs> no, I don't think we do. <laughs> Corbin gestures to what he's wearing and says, Is this not? Uh, I will have my queen's personal seamstress come to make sure you're properly outfitted. Yes! Do we get Do we get input? You will have to speak with the seamstress about that. Have a good day. Bye! <sighs> Yeah, and then she is off. She is out of there. I write her name down on my suspect list. You? <laughs> Gloria? Gloria's on my suspect list. I have a suspect. She wants the queen. <laughs> I have a suspect. She has a motive for something. <laughs> I'm, I sympathize with her. Me too. I also write down Dodson as a suspect. <laughs> yeah. The intrigue begins. <laughs> <laughs> Like statesman Mary, I'm just stating that for the record. Yeah, <laughs> not into this. Nice. I want teen crazy teen Mary back. Yeah, I need cool teen Ponyboy Mary. Yeah, Ponyboy Mary. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey there, listeners. It's Shane. And Ishan, your hosts from the Total Party Thrill Podcast, the newest addition to the Don't Split the Podcast Network. We talk topics that help you, dear listener, create and play better RPG games. We have a back catalog of more than 150 weekly episodes. And we got nominated for an Emmy for episode 11, Social Contracts. In episode 154, we talked about crossing the moral event horizon. How evil is too evil? We also recap our home games, like the 40k Rogue Trader campaign, Dynasty Unwarranted. Um, but that's mainly just you trying to kill us all. In your defense, our characters are greedy idiots. Don't forget the three years we spent never on playing Morning Glory, your 5th edition D&D campaign. We also review new RPGs and books, and every episode we build a 5th edition D&D character in the Character Creation Forge. You might check out the pint-sized Punisher from episode 119, a halfling with a bad attitude, and 14 levels of Barbarian. So to recap, Total Party Thrill. RPG advice, campaign recaps, and D&D characters built by your dashing hosts every single week. What more could you possibly want? To get back to the actual show? Oh yeah, let me just hit this button, and here you go.